Friday with the fellas. What up, fellas? What's good? What's going on? What's going on? Use a different camera next time. But what up, guys? So, hey, this is a part of the Rev 79 network. Um, just getting the time to just the fellas. Uh, we're extremely opinionated. Uh, we can be a little bit, uh, I would say, um, opinionated and revolutionaries. Not in the sense like uh, that, you know, we're building a new revelation, but if anybody was to burn down a plantation, it would probably be one of the guys on this call, right? <laughs> uh, so, and that's all, and that's always pretty cool. And the, the backstory on that is, uh, I found out that, um, this summer, my brother found out that I have two great, 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 great uncles who were slaves, Gas and Elmo Valentine. And, uh, they escaped the slave plantation in Tennessee. Uh, and they came back a couple weeks later and burned the plantation down. So, uh, yeah, I just come down. I come from a long line of people that just like messing stuff up. So that's me. That's my background. Marcus, Christian, Will, y'all introduce yourselves. Uh, Marcus, um, student at NC State, um, currently in Havelock. Uh, yeah, ready to, um, yeah, have a good time with these dudes. So, yeah, that's about it. What's going on? My name is Christian. College graduate, so you know I'm educated, currently serving on staff at Awakened Church in Jacksonville. And I'm Will, right here next to Todd, uh, you know, going through it in the boat. Also grad student at NC State. And uh, yeah, just outreaching with Grace as well. So word, we ain't really got no like, we got a bunch of educated brothers on the call, man. We not really out here just shooting from the hip. I mean, we kind of are, but still, we're like, <laughs> we're pretty, we pretty educated though. So we, you know, uh, we gotta get one of those cheesy black shirts. I'm a, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm educated a black man. Yeah, worst, worst. <laughs> I hate those shirts so much, man. I'm sorry, yo. If somebody is listening to this and they they make those shirts, keep doing that. Because if that's your hustle, that's your hustle. <laughs> <laughs> that's your hustle hey, that's I, I, mean, I mean to knock your hustle or anything and tell yeah, people yeah. not to buy shirts. Send but, one uh, to the pile. I'll wear it next time. <laughs> <laughs> Send one in. Also, this is just a couple of us. Yo, we got there's much more of us, bro. So we would absolutely love to like get everybody on it, but schedules don't really work like that. Actually, the very first time we tried to record, Chad with Bozeman died. So it was like, bro, ain't nobody trying to record. Ain't nobody trying to hear all that. So, <laughs> so Rest we in peace. on bridges and called it a day. Uh, Marcus also said something extremely disappointing during that time, during the 21 Bridges. Uh, we not going yeah, we not going to Christian, afterwards, we must, after we hit, uh, after we finish recording, remind me to tell you what Marcus said. They were hurt, that's, bro. That's important. That was a low point, bro. That was a low point in our <laughs> friendship with Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just, yeah, jumping right in, man. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the Breonna Taylor case, man. A lot of uh, a case that, man, it's really tough. Um, if, if by now you haven't heard, uh, the verdict has has come down, or just from the grand jury, I, I believe the attorney general has determined um, that not to press charges on, on any of the officers, or, F, or actually the officer like he gets one charge of like wanton endangerment or something like that um i'm not a legal professional at all but i just know it sounds like uh brianna taylor isn't getting any um any justice 
so that's where we are right now. But fellas, what, what's on y'all's mind? What y'all thinking? Maybe Christian will hop shoot us off here. Yeah. Um so so yeah, that, that one officer is the only one facing charges of the three that were involved in executing the warrant. Now, for me personally, um Going through, I was, I was very, this is one case that I was t- particularly quiet about. There's no footage there. There's no, uh, you know, video cam footage. There's no body cam footage. So we didn't, we didn't have like an actual knowledge of, of what was going on. We didn't have a perspective from, from an eye angle. So, you know, this is something that I was kind of quiet on um, and really wanted to see how things develop. And as more information was released, one of the things that I wanted to see in particular uh, was the warrant um, that was asked for and issued uh, to to be executed. So as far as the three officers go, um, I don't think that a lot of accountability should should fall on them. I do think that it is unfortunate um, that Brianna died. Um, in that situation, I do think that the cops should have announced themselves of the 12 neighbors who were uh, interviewed. All 12 of them initially said that the cops did not announce themselves. And if you have the people from the apartment, one of them, obviously, because Brianna's dead, she can't give her account. If you have the person who was in the apartment say that they didn't hear the cops announce themselves, you have 12 people in the apartment building say that the cops did not announce themselves. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the cops did not announce themselves, Um, which is obviously unfortunate um, because a shootout ensued because the cops did not announce themselves and it led to Brianna's death. Now, going to the warrant itself and the reason why those three cops were there, that's something that's really, to me, where where the accountability should fall on. So I think that the accountability should fall on the detective who asked for the warrant and the judge also who signed off. Now, going through the warrant itself, it stipulates a lot of different reasons why the warrant is being asked for. And Brianna's address was an address that was asked for to be searched because they had thought that her ex-boyfriend, um, who I believe his last name is Glover, who is, is who I'll refer to him now before it gets too confusing. Uh, Glover actually, um, they believe that that was one of Glover's stash spots. Uh, to hide money and to hide uh, drugs um, for for future transactions. Now Glover is a known uh, drug dealer within the area. They they knew that he was at a trap house, and they were looking for other things to convict him at. Now the only thing on this warrant that they have for Brianna Taylor's address was on January sixteenth of this year. They witnessed him leave the go into the address, go into the apartment, and then leave the apartment several minutes later with a USPS package. Um, so it was confirmed that he was receiving mail at this address. And they pretty much said, okay, we saw him one time get this mail. This is probably a spot. They didn't they never went back. If they did, it wasn't on the warrant. If they did, or if they witnessed anything, if they went back, this was the only time that it was on the warrant and the judge signed off on it for a no knock warrant. That's what it was signed off on initially. So I have a real big issue with the detective that asked for the warrant off this one thing and the judge itself. Now, again, I'm not, you know, 
I don't have a law degree, but I, it does. I, I do look at this from a morality standpoint of why you want cops to go in and seize a house rather than just start flagging mail and looking through mail that's going to a specific address um, to a specific person. That's, that's my biggest question is why is the detective asking for search warrant of the house rather than asking for search warrant of the mail um, if that was the biggest concern? Because if it's just mail they're looking for, then why couldn't they just get the mail at the post office? Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got. Uh, I just want to open the floor uh, for you guys, um, see what you guys got thoughts on that too. That's a good thought, bro. And I, I'm right. Like I, I hadn't heard that perspective because you know m- most time there's always this thought of like let's bash the police, let's bash the police. I, I do have this thought though of um, if a nurse walked into a uh, like I, I just had surgery and if my doctor uh, if the if I was having my surgery on my right knee, but like let's say you know while I was under sedation, the the doctor who's in charge of surgeries on shoulders walks in and he performs a you know they take me in to go have sh- shoulder surgery. They cut me open, all of that, and they start operating on my sh- shoulder and find out oh nothing's wrong with the shoulder. We got the wrong person. Uh, well, I'm gonna own the hospital, right? They gonna have it's gonna be Todd Valentine Medical <laughs> Facility uh, after we done with it. Um, that's a really tough one, right? So, like, in, in that case, the doctor's going to lose his license. He's going to get, uh, he's going to lose his license. He's going to, like, not, and he's going to jail, right? Like, point, I think he's going to jail. So he, he'll be, he'll, yeah, he'll, lose, he'll, he'll do time, I think. You know, I'm not, I'm not a legal professional, right? We already stated. Uh, so there, there's got to be some, some greater accountability. When you said that, though, it makes me think, yeah, maybe that, but that, those guys were uh, not necessarily um, the guys who went in. They weren't necessarily surgeons, but more so they were the operating room assistants doing what the detective, who, who would be the yeah. subject in this analogy, ha- has like asked them to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that that gives a different uh, perspective, right? Like, uh, should all the officers be arrested? Um, you know, we, we think about some things yeah. that happen. So like, so like, yeah. And that's, that's another perspective that I want people to think about because these officers were probably told, look, you know, like they were told with certainty, you know, like, cause I don't know how involved they were with, with the investigation prior to them execu- ex- uh, executing the warrant. I don't know how involved they were, but these officers were probably told with certainty, Hey, this is a drug house. There's going to be drugs in there expect to be in a shootout expect it to be hot like if you don't feel like if you don't feel comfortable knocking don't do it because we're trying to get everything that we can on this guy and another thing that that still is the thing that kills me the most about this and like just like just breaks my heart on like is like so many people are affected by this um and not to kind of like detract too much from from uh, the situation itself, but something that does like kind of break my heart is the fact that the the settlement as as well, um, the settlement breaks my heart that the city decided to pay out twelve million dollars in taxpayer money, but on the stipulation that there's absolutely no wrongdoing that that the city has to admit to or the police department has to admit to, which. 
again, I think that the accountability level falls higher than just the officers executing the warrant. I think it's more so on the on the detective and the judge. And I'm really I'm really upset with uh, AG uh, Daniel Cameron. Uh, I believe that's his name. Um, the attorney general for uh, for Kentucky. I man, that brother he really disappointed me, man. Um, his his whole vibe, his whole handling of the situation, right? Uh, as a black man, I'm thinking, okay, he at the very least he gonna see Breonna Taylor and he gonna see his mom. He gonna see his sister, and he gonna he gonna re, he gonna react a little differently. Uh, but instead, I think my man's trying to make a play for for uh, for you know higher up government one day, man. Right? So you know he's he's seen in pictures yucking it up with Trump. And hey, man, if you, political like uh, you know you trying to move up the ladder, please, I'm not trying to stop another black man from doing that at all. Right? I'm not gonna stop another man from you know building your pockets. But at the same time, do the right thing, right? Like we ask, we want you know we want. Uh, people like that. We want people that look like us in office because we're like, oh, he's going to have the best interest for a guy. You know, he's going to see me and he's not going to see me just another black guy, but he's going to see me and he's going to be like, all right, he's like, I can see myself in him. Let me, let me at the very least put a little bit more empathy in this situation. I yeah. felt from start to finish, my man has not, not exercised the first bit of empathy. And uh, those tears that he cried during the presser, or those tears he tried to cry, they just, uh, I, I was a little disappointed in those. Yeah. I think that there are a good amount of people um, within the black community, uh, within the community of Louisville, who, and even within the greater community of Kentucky itself, that feel kind of sold out uh, to not pull punches or, or mince words here, but they kind of feel sold out. Um, you know, like I said, I think the accountability lies somewhere else, but if that's the case and that's how I feel, it's kind of hard for me to not, to not, to not think that he would feel the same way looking at this case and saying, Hey, actually, we're going to go ahead and start persecuting, um, or prosecuting, sorry, prosecuting, um, the detective who, who did this, we're going to put him on administrative leave. We're going to, you know, like, uh, investigate him and some of the cases that he's conducted throughout these years. Like, where's where's the accountability on that? Why did it just stop? My biggest thing in this is why did it just stop at those three officers executing the warrant? Yeah. Why did why did it just stop there? Because this was a this was way bigger than them. This was way bigger than them. You know, this is there are other incidents. You know, the George Floyd incident. Um, those cops are, are acting within their own jurisdiction. They're they're acting on their own right and being cops and being out in the field, right? They're not being told to go out and deliberately do this. But these three cops who are executing the warrant are, I'm more than absolutely sure that they're told with certainty to expect certain things and to act a certain way. So I, I it, it, it confuddles me how it stopped at these three officers and it didn't go beyond them. This investigation didn't go beyond them. And, and even that they created a Brianna Taylor law, like, so no more, no, not uh, warrants can be served in Louisville. So it's like, okay, so we, we tried to write our wrong, but we're, and it was like, Hey, let's do it under the table, but we're not, we're not gonna, it's like at no point did they ever anticipate we're going to to further investigate and 
and uh, hold accountable the detective, the judge, or anything of that sort. We're just gonna cover our our tails uh, and make sure because no 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 human. And I think maybe this may be like even transitioning to the second side of this part. Uh, if I look at this just on on principle, right? Uh, we have friends who are Second Amendment lovers. They they love their their Second Amendment rights, right? Um, they most likely have several uh, guns in their house for uh, for leisure purposes. They like going to the range. They like they like shooting on a regular. Uh, and they also have guns in their house for protection. Um, if someone knock, if someone just busts down your door and not announcing themselves, and you got the gun on you, instinct is to shoot. Some people instinct may freeze up, but if you're really looking forward to something like that, you really all, you know, you always, you know, you go to the range or whatnot, man, you're going to shoot. You're going to fire. That's point blank, period. Okay, so my man's sitting in the, in the living room and somebody, bang, they knock down the door, I'm shooting, right? That's, that's an instinct. Uh, so point blank, take, let's put that into perspective. Given putting yourself in every situation in those shoes, you're gonna do the same thing. Most most people we know are doing the same thing. Most people we know who love the Second Amendment rights of the right to bear arms, they're going to shoot. They're going to shoot. Now, the, this is the thing we gotta remember. Uh, bro was he was let out, right? His case was dropped. He's not in jail. To my to my knowledge, the her her boyfriend who fired at the police officer, he's not in jail. He was not in the wrong for for shooting that, he, for shooting at the police officer, because because of because of the situation that is at hand, he was let out of jail. So look, that very fact should help us understand. Uh, and and I feel like the media has done such a great job of merging the uh, the two boyfriends, her ex boyfriend who was the drug dealer, and then the boyfriend she was living with. Uh, who and I, that's another thing. They they actually lived separately, but he was there that night. Hmm. Yeah. That's, we, we got him. Yeah, we got a. Uh, yeah, I, I stand corrected on that. She was not living with him, but we we want to make sure we put Pastor Gabe on uh, Gabriel Hughes. I don't know where he's from, but put him on the summer jam screen because uh, oh, wow. he posted on Twitter <laughs> on nine twenty nine twenty at one thirty nine. He had the uh, mitigated gall to say if Brianna Taylor had not been sleeping with her boyfriend, she'd still be alive. He quoted that on uh, uh, he po- he posted that on Twitter. Uh, in addition to uh, Galatians six eight, um, let me tell you, man, uh, we Christians got to make sure we do not lose our our witness trying to stand up for world systems. Right? Mm-hmm. It is okay to understand that that the system that is in place can be flawed. It's man made. It can be flawed. Right? right? I'm I'm not about to sit here and try to cap for. Uh, like, you know, our election or, or, or like uh, for, for things made by man, like, man, this is right. We got to fight for it. We got to stand. Like, no, it, it can be wrong. It's not going to be perfect all the time. It is okay if it's not perfect at times. It's not created by God. All right? That's, 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 that's okay to understand. This, this pastor right here, if, if he can even be called such, that's tough. Right. And I, I've seen I've seen some people we know and I ain't going to put them on the summer jam screen, but some people I even I know who. Man, they, they allowed the media to merge the two boyfriends. So it's like, hey, if she hadn't been with her, uh, she was she um, 
how, how did they put it? They said, hey, uh, you are the company you keep. So because she was around her boyfriend and he was selling drugs that she deserved to get shot. It's like, come on, man. Come on. You, you've been around. You've been around people doing far worse. Far worse sometimes. Yeah. Right. And, and don't and, and don't and don't believe me. I'm pretty sure you have. We can point to it. At one point in your life, you've been around somebody that was doing far worse than selling a little drugs, selling some drugs. Also, selling drugs is bad, too. So you're throwing that out, uh-huh. <laughs> it out there. Yeah. And, and two points that I want to highlight on the first one being. Let's let's take into consideration that when the cops searched, searched the, the house, they didn't find anything. And based on that, if that was the case, if if her boyfriend had known there were cops and there wasn't anything in the house, Bro, he didn't mean? have any warrants and they were doing nothing wrong, why would he shoot at them? He had no motive, no reason at all to shoot at them. Exactly. None. Zilch. Zero. Nada. None at all whatsoever. The second one, the second point that I wanted to make is, is yeah, man, um, I think as Christians, the only person we should ever be coming to the defense of is, is Jesus Christ. Um, I think that, you know, too many times I, I see, you know, Christians coming to the defense of people. And I think that it's unfortunate I think at times it can be hypocritical depending on the context. And I don't think that we should be wasting our breath on that. I don't think that we should be wasting our time on that, especially too, because why would we waste so much time defending someone when, you know, it, it's, it's as controversial as it is. Why are we defending that? Like some, at the end of the day, someone lost their life. Someone lost their life when they didn't need to. If more detective work had been done, if there's better laws in place that allowed the detective to search the mail instead of breaking down the door and searching the house, someone's life would not have been lost. For sure. Let's not let's not let's not over sure. let's not put that on oversight. Let's not put that on oversight. Brianna Taylor did not have to die. Negligence, man. That's what that's she what she did it not was. have to die. That's what it was. Malpractice, uh, criminal malpractice. That's what it is, man. You can't, you can't, uh, you gotta be, and it's okay to hold, it's okay to hold that, that man, it's okay to hold officers, police officers to a higher standard, right? Uh, Absolutely. It's okay. It should be okay to do that. I think as Christians, we got to stop. I think a lot of us, uh, we spend so much time on social media um, and subjecting ourselves to low quality information um, where we become, uh, a lot of the comments we make that are like out of the side of our neck or we pull it out of nowhere are super insensitive. Um, and even like uh, people making comments as far as like, okay, you're paying all this money. And like y'all said, blending these two like individuals, like this drug dealer and all this stuff, but leaving out the fact that like Breonna Taylor got like dropped and, and nothing happened. Or even like uh, with, with the other case where, yeah, just like, buddy reaching for a knife and it's like okay like cool like brian ergelacher's comment which was like one of the most insensitive things you ever heard um and a point like uh they made was just that uh they paint all these people um i'd say black individuals uh in the most disgusting light uh known to man 
but when uh old dude that pulled up to the the rally that and and capped two people and and drove away with no conditions uh they they want to go in his life background like how did he grow up and all this stuff because he's a the white individual and they love to do that um which is one of the it's, it's super tough but yeah just i think uh, as believers we got to do a better job of getting uh not listening to fox news or cnn and sitting with one perspective and actually do uh, some research and digging um and focus more on like christian said uh defending defending jesus uh, i doubt a lot of them are doing that but they want to use their twitter fingers to go talk about stuff they don't really know so or facebook fingers yeah. <laughs> facebook fingers Oh, yes. And I don't want this to be lost on this, right? Like, let's say I don't want to do my research. Well, you know what? Let me be empathetic. Let me show some empathy. Let me say, hey, my heart goes out to her family, right? Maybe my heart doesn't go out to her, which is, you're, you're probably a terrible, that's probably a terrible spot to be in. You probably need to check yourself, right? But if, like, hey, th- so, at the end of the day, somebody lost a child, yeah. right? Brianna Taylor's mom, uh, lost a child. How how terrible is it to go to bed at night? Like, man, I'm I'm going to bed tonight, and I'm 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 not waking up because I'm gonna get shot by a police officer in my bed doing nothing, right? Like that. Like, like let's let's have some empathy, man. Like let's show empathy, right? That, that that's at the very least Christians could could bear, you know, could, could, at, at the very least, man, like put that, wrap your mind around that, show some love, man. That's, that's the most important thing. Um, I don't know. And I guess the, the next, uh, you know, even speaking of like Christians defending people, uh, you know, the, 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 the champion, the champion of the, the Christian defense, uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, he has some real interesting things to say, uh, during the, the debate, presidential debate. Did you guys watch that? Bro, I couldn't get myself to do it. It just Man, I ain't got it turned out what I thought it was going to be. Just a yellow. I got the highlights, though. You got the highlights? My my parents told me a little bit about the highlights. I'm still, nah. I, I ain't going to lie. Trump was cooking Biden at the beginning. He was cooking. I said, Trump, I said it's about to be a 4-0 sweep. <laughs> <laughs> I said about to be a four zero sweep. I said he about to get he getting bro all the way out of the paint. But then they asked this man as easy as this should have been a home run answer, bro. Mm. They said, "Will you denounce white supremacy?" And instead of him saying, "Of course," instead of him repudiating. Yo, my, my, <laughs> hey, ready to turn up. Instead of him on some, like, man, I repudiate this and, like, going dumb, strong. He could have went hard in the paint. He could have looked at the camera. Like, Trump, you can't hire me. I'm just, yeah, I was going to say hire me, but I don't know if there's a dollar amount. There might be. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's a different conversation. Could Trump hire you to be his, uh, could, could Trump hire you on his staff, right? That's a different conversation. Think about that. I don't know if there's a dollar amount, but I do love, I like money. So let's get away from that. We'll edit that out. Uh, hey, Trump could have looked at the camera and said, hey, like, I do not stand for white supremacy. It, it, is, it has no place in this country. He could have he really made a very bold statement. But instead, he's like, he says, uh, proud boys, stand back. And stand by. 
that statement in itself, if we just break that down, I would say stand back and stand by to my homies. If they like, hey, Ty, we need your back. We, you know, we got your back. Right. I was saying stand back and stand by. Like my mom was trying to come up here when I had surgery. Like, hey, let me come up here every day. Like, no, nah, I'm going to stand back. Stand by, though, because I might need you later. Uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of way I would use stand back and stand by. Am I? Is that just me, though? <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I ain't right about everything. But is that just me? No, it's not just you. Like when I think of like stand by, I'm thinking like militia type stuff, like military, like kind of like jargon. Like, he, you know, he wouldn't have that kind of say towards like that group of people, like if he didn't know or had some sort of connection with it. So I don't know. It's a lot, it's a lot to say from that, that small little thing that he did say. Those people probably got 40 guns, dog, and can only shoot one at a time. Like, what's the, yeah, so I they would if, if this were Obama or someone else to say that they would say the group are thugs, and of course people have highlighted that this this group this group is like um, just uh, downright like against everything anti might as well be everything just like why aren't we looking at them like they're thugs uh, but like yeah they're like the very military servants that's that's how they're painting them like yeah these dudes got our back but when in fact. Uh, yeah, according to when the time comes, they, yeah, they're prepared for who knows what. But well, we'll play a soundbite right quick of from from TikTok, right? TikTok of all places. Uh, a guy named Kristen Zach, twenty twenty is his, his at on on TikTok. Um, we'll play that. I don't know if a lot of y'all understand this or not, but come November. There's a war coming. Whoever wins, it's down to two. We already know this. Third party, they don't even matter. It's down to two. One or the other is going to win. As a certain supporter, we know which one's going to win. Trump 2020. But there's a thing about it. The reason why I say there's a war coming because if Trump wins, Black Lives Matter and all them other Antifa are going to try to start war. We ready. Don't worry. We, we ready. Us rednecks and stuff, we ready for y'all. But if Biden wins, we coming. And we coming strong. All of you guys have heard us, you know what I'm talking about. But as my man is, is talking about in this, this clip, you know, he's saying... Like, it's going to be a war. Like, he's really saying, like, come November, win or lose, it's going to be a war, right? And, you know, the, you can start to see how the, this division is already starting to, to... And people said Obama was the most divisive president. I'm Trust me, I'm not trying to wear a cape for Obama. He does not need that for me. And I have some really tough things to say about Obama at another time if you want me to get into it. I've called him a war criminal on several different occasions. But... uh Trump might be the most, he definitely is the most divisive president of all time. He, like, literally, there are guys who have the, like, they have, the, like, the mitigated gall to get on uh, on social media and say, hey, we're, we're coming for you, right? Like, I, it's, it's very reminiscent of, like, ISIS, right? They put out these propaganda videos and they, they uh, 
I don't, there's probably not an ISIS headquarters or anything like that, but they just literally, the, the stateside ISIS attacks that we've had in the past 10, 15 years in the U.S. haven't been like direct connections to ISIS. They've been these dudes that watch these YouTube videos and they get inspired and they want to go and do something crazy on this, on homeland, on home. And I feel like uh, Trump's inspiring uh, a certain kind of individual who they already felt that they were marginalized by uh, the Republican Party before with President Bush. They already feel marginalized that a black man was president for eight years. Not even making it about race, but they already, you know, most likely feel like we're at bottom of the totem pole whites, whatever that looks like. So I, I don't even believe there's a such thing as that, right? Like, uh, but they they feel this like, this sort of anger towards the, you know, how they've been treated or how, uh, and Trump has come in and rallied them, you know, the, the silent majority and things of that sort. And he uses these terms to, I don't know, man, stand back and stand by. That just, that didn't, that didn't sit well with me as a black man. It didn't sit well with me that this president who's done a couple Christian things, a couple good things for Christians. I, I don't see him as my president. I don't see him as a president who's, uh, excited or for me uh, just because I'm a Christian. Because I, I, I guarantee you, I don't know if bro would see me as a Christian first and a black man second. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he, you know, he see my skin color first. So that's just me, man. Yeah. Um, I think you hit it on the nail where um, Trump has a lot of backing from Christians for the sole purpose that he's uh, put on um, legislation and done some some good things um, for Christians that, you know, apparently we should be sounding the gong and getting fully behind him and saying this is, you know, the greatest thing where we have Christian brothers and sisters who are beheaded in the Middle East for their faith. We have... Um, Christian brothers and sisters in Asian countries who are lying uh, on the cold, wet floor of a concrete cell because of their faith. And, you know, within our own country, you know, we get so uh, comfortable and we get so concise to our Christian bubble where people aren't evangelizing, people aren't carrying out um, the Great Commission, people get so comfortable and so complacent in their own walks with God that they think going to church on Sundays and going to their home group is, is good enough. Like they're not trying to work on their daily walk with Christ and their prayer lives are in shambles and, you know, um, not trying to attack anyone, but I'm trying to attack people right now because we're our faith. Our faith is so, is so minuscule here in America when it comes to persecution, that at the slightest point of persecution, we we are ready to throw away our faith. Like we are ready to deny Christ. We are ready to like not boast about Christ. And, you know, we have to kind of put into perspective, America is not the only place that there are Christians. Like Christian, like there are way more Christians in Africa than there are in America right now. And I don't think people know that. I really don't think that people know that like the average on a global scale, the average Christian is an early twenties black female. 
that is the average Christian on a global scale. And I don't think people know that because people get so caught up in the Christian bubble here in America that they completely forget that Christianity started in the Middle East. Like Jesus was from the Middle East. Yeah. And and they're persecuted. Like they don't think about the persecuted church where Peter and Paul and 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 Barnabas and Timothy were all persecuted in the book of Acts and they were flogged and they were beaten and they were told to not speak of this again and they were they considered it a joy they considered it a blessing to be persecuted for the name of Christ and here we are we're scared to talk to our coworker about Christ or invite our coworker to church and i think that people taking in these quote unquote wins for uh, legislation for liberties, if we can call them that for Christians, I think that is, I think it's cute and adorable. That's what I think. I think very, very little of it. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it at all because I think majority time it shows, you know, if we aren't willing to be persecuted for our faith, is it really faith? Talk to them. That's right. Is it really faith? Like, if we aren't willing to sit there and be ridiculed for our faith, is it really faith? Like if our faith is tested in those times and it fails, then it was never faith to begin with. And and the, the thing we run into, and you and you kind of hit it a little bit is, you know, we think back to 2016, we got Hillary and we got Trump. So those are the two choices. If Hillary wins, Christians face legislative persecution. I'm almost certain of it. Right. Like, I felt like Hillary would have been the, uh, if she had won, she would have been the president that would have like, hey, I'm I'm getting rid of uh, tax 501c3 churches and things of that sort, right? Like things that make it very difficult to operate churches. I'm, I'm almost certain that we go into that. I'm I, like, obviously don't have much to go off on about that, but I feel like we face legislative persecution. Here, on the other end, I, I thought, man, if Trump wins, we're going to f- face a cultural persecution, right? Uh, that people will harden their hearts toward Christians, that, that they will, they'll, uh, I thought it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And I thought it was going to be more so like, man, maybe like, you know, we're, we're just kind of going through and, and, you know, people are like, I can't believe y'all voted for him, but Nah, that literally people are saying that every month and they're having a reason for people to say, I can't believe this is the, the evangelical selection. I can't believe that, you know, the SBC and all these other, you know, major Christian organizations were back this man. Uh, and they have a huge, like, you know, you think of an unbeliever, it's like, that's what y'all stand for? And, and Marcus, you were saying something uh, earlier about, uh, like, just how people are like perceiving him as the the Christian president. They try to make that, that work. Yeah. Um, which is so crazy. It's like, um, of course, like not getting into like the Democrat and Republican versus like, of course, like I think when, when you vote spiritually, um, and then more like the stuff lines up, uh, for itself. But I think when we paint, uh, Donald Trump or not even him, whoever as like, um, like Cyrus, like this, like I talked about, told them about, uh, TJ Warren. Uh, he did like a couple games in the playoffs where he did really well. And then all of a sudden we wanted to compare him to Michael Jordan. And it's like, we get these few glimpses of greatness. And it's like, all of a sudden we want to put this dude on a pedestal. It's like, it's time to pipe that down. When is it like, okay, like 
we see him do this little stuff and it's like you see this little stuff yet we're having talks like this because there's not really a lot going on um and i think part of the problem is uh where half of america hope lies um their hope isn't in jesus christ is in like you said the 2016 election this is like uh make or break us or uh we're picking the lesser of two evils like this person determines my life and it's like our hope should be sustained in whoever gets picked um because it's sustained in, in jesus christ um not the, the fact that okay donald trump or joe biden got picked but yeah that's part of the problem uh we want to put this dude on such a, a glorious pedestal like he's he saved all of christianity when uh as we can see we're, we're still combating stuff as we go and that's not to say any president is going to get it right um no servant um is greater than the master so we're going to face persecution regardless um but yeah it's, it's time we kind of pipe down um and really see it is for what it is so that's that's my 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 thoughts on it and i'm okay with like and you know if you if you're a christian and you really like trump it's okay if you want to say man it's this is a you know this president did this for for christian for christians and we should be we should be thankful for it cool for sure right? that's what you want to do but are you also willing to say, hey, he shouldn't have done that? Are you also willing to speak out? Because I feel like when he's doing something, when he when he's showing up at a prayer breakfast or when he's signing a bill, you know, a pro-life friendly bill or putting a pro-life judge in office, there's a lot of like, yeah, that's our guy. But when it comes down to him saying some reckless stuff, when it comes down to him doing some reckless things that don't necessarily that don't represent Christ at all, you got to be willing to say, hey, that's not right. Just like that, that's not right. And I think when we when we're silent on those, when we, we see Christians silent on those, that that really sits with people, right? It's like, man, you, you preach this, you preach this gospel. And I'm not trying to get into like we we've lost our witness, but we just gotta mm-hmm. is our hope in, you know, uh is our citizenship in heaven or is our citizenship that we're that we're Americans, right? When Paul writes the letter to the Philippians. Uh, he he says he you know his thought of sending this to him is like hey I know you're a Roman colony I know you got a lot of pride in that but your citizenship is in heaven right to uh, to American Christians I know we're American citizens I know there's a lot of pride in it trust me I've been to the Dominican I came back home I've never been more grateful the Dominican is a beautiful place I love it I can't wait to get back it's not America right I I love I love my country not on, I'm not I'm not about to you know. There's no American flags hanging in my house. And I'm not about to like go sing born in the USA or nothing like that. But I rock, I mean, I'm, I like, I like the USA, right? I like living here. Uh, at the same time, but I, I, I can't, my hope isn't in the US, bro. My hope isn't in any, any election. Uh, we got to stop making it seem like, you know, the Christian, our Christian faith is rising and falling on the hope of this election. Like, man, you know what? Um, if we, it, there's some, there's some other things there that we can probably unpack, but that's just my thoughts, man, on, on, on that. The, the Proud Boys situation, Trump was wrong, point blank, period. Uh, who are the Proud Boys? Uh, apparently, like, what, what have you guys heard about, about them specifically? Uh, they're an anti-Muslim group. Uh, I can't remember if they're anti-something, uh, or kind of anti a lot of stuff. Um, they are disliked by a lot of other big organizations. Um, 
I don't believe they're like uh, they're not affiliated with like anybody specifically as far as like I guess they're not any controlled source of anything um they're kind of just yeah doing their own thing um and yeah that's that's pretty much what I know about or a little bit more but yeah interesting also I heard the leader is a uh is a Hispanic uh a black uh a black Latino so hey man I don't claim him <laughs> yeah, just want to just throw I that out there. I just want to say that right now. You know Dominican. if Christian had known, bro, or not. So just want to throw that out there. Matter of <laughs> fact, he did look a little like Christian, though. Listen, bro, I, I just want I just want everyone to know I'm Dominican and I know I'm black. That's He's all I'm Cuban. saying. I think bro is Cuban. I think bro is Cuban. <laughs> so you good. You good. You good. Hey, man. Recording this on a Friday night with... uh. With both me and Christian's teams uh, in the finals, uh, it's special, right? Like, hey man, we about to make that fourth quarter push right now. We about to make that fourth quarter push right now. We wasn't watching the game. Like, we about to turn the game on and, like, like we wasn't having it on in the background all the time. Because we're so for the cause, right? I'm going to throw this out there, too. Uh, Man, I do not feel like the – yeah, actually, I probably shouldn't say that about the NBA uh, boycott. So – Cause I don't want to sound bad, but I'm glad. I'm glad we got basketball, man. I'm glad we got basketball. Hey we, man, we, these playoffs have been great, bro. Playoffs have been beautiful, bro. Playoffs, they said the Mickey Mouse championship not gonna count though. If the Lakers win, send the Mickey Mouse. Indeed, they're not. They're not letting y'all. They said they said the Mickey Mouse champ. But you know what? I bet y'all get a Mickey Mouse championship shirt <laughs> and rock that John too. Get me a Mickey Mouse championship shirt. But don't 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 send me no text when y'all win. If we win, bro, we still you know we still uh, we down ten right now. Man, what's the status on Bam? Looking the score, come on. Got bro. the narrative. Got the narrative. <laughs> the narrative. Hey, listen, bro. Uh, it, it is a pleasure since we go, going up against Christian's team right now in the finals, bro. Serious. Me a Laker fan. Christian a, a Miami Heat fan. Christian, you've been a Heat fan for a hot minute too, right? Bro, since Wade in 06, bro. Maybe. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I've been I've been a Laker fan for 20 years, bro. Man, I still remember in 06, bro. So that 06 summer was the first summer I spent with my dad. And just that playoff run was special for me because that was the first time I, I got to sit down and, like, watch sports with my dad, like, on a consistent basis, like, week in and week out, so... That 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 summer where Wade just kept winning games, find a way to win games late, it was just special, bro. I think I'm I'm seven years old. I'm watching uh I'm watching I'm watching Kobe finish off Reggie Miller's corpse in the uh in the finals, bro. <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching Kobe do some de- I'm I'm watching Kobe do some ungodly things to Reggie Miller's corpse. Cause he, I mean, Reggie's a dead man at that point. He's old, he's like 30 something at that point. And he like boom, boom, Kobe's going, killing. Shaq's are doing amazing things. I say, yo, I love this team. And then the purple and gold, I start following them like heavily. 2001, we play uh 2001, we played, we played uh, Allen Iverson in the finals. And I'm like, yo, like this Allen Iverson guy is cool, but Kobe really got swag, bro. And then, Sha- then Shaq, Shaq destroys Dikembe Mutombo that series. And then 2002, 
the Lakers play Jason Kidd. And obviously, like, I fall in love with Jason Kidd's passing. Unbelievable passer, right? Greatest, one of the greatest passers of all time. But Kobe is still the man. And, like, Shaq is still, like, oh, my goodness. So, man, and then uh, I remember the first time I, the Lakers broke my heart. It was in 2004 when we lost to the Pistons in the finals. Uh, I remember crying, right, like, uh, as a kid. I think I might have been 11, 10 or 11 that summer. I was 10 that summer. I hadn't turned, I hadn't turned 11 yet. And uh, I remember – What like, about 08? Hey, man, look. <laughs> hey, Why is the Celtics fan talking right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm find out, bro. <laughs> Y'all been to the, to the Eastern Conference Finals how many years in a row and still ain't get to the Finals? You had to face LeBron just like y'all about to face him. Hey, if you, could, uh, if you could start a franchise with any player or uh, Brad Stevens, who would you start it with? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, hey, some Celtic blogger really said that, bro. Some Celtic, blogger, some Celtic blogger really said that. He said if you Stop. could pick any player or Brad Stevens, to start a franchise. <laughs> Not even any coach, just Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, yeah, bro. Yo, they're ready hey, to yo. die for Doc Rivers and all them. I'm not. Brad, Brad Stevens, the uh, best thing since sliced bread, bro. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, look, man. Shout out, shout out to Brad Stevens, but uh, give me, give me Anthony Davis any day. The best yeah, player in the world. That. Yes, sir. Give me the, give me the best player in the world, bro. Any day, bro. And the greatest of all time, LeBron, Raymond Jones, Raymond James, Senior. Uh, Whoa! Thing, so. Whoa! You just—that's the first time I ever heard you call LeBron the goat over Kobe. No, no, I've been on that. I've been on that for a while. Nah, he hasn't, bro. It's, Come it's, on, Christian! No, I've been on that for a minute. Christian, no, Christian, no. no. Yeah, for a couple years he has now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, when, when, when I, I was, first met him, nah, he wasn't, it was twenty. Wasn't. It was twenty fifteen when the thought first creeped in my head. No, nah, bro. 2018, the last time we had a conversation about it, you was like, nah, bro, Kobe's still better than LeBron. Yeah, yeah. 20, 2015 was the thought first creeped in my head. 2018, that playoff run, I couldn't, bro. You can look at my Facebook post on uh, 2018. Oh During that 2012, playoff run, I was there. I said, the only truth I think is relative is who you think the greatest of all time. I said, because at this point, I no longer can argue against LeBron James being the greatest of all time. In 2018, he lives in the finals, bro. That run he went on in 2018, bro, I could not, bro. I, I had to, uh, I literally seen that man score 51 against the Warriors, bro. The greatest team ever assembled. 51, <clears throat> bro. 51. But at the same time, bro, this is, a, this is my basketball hot take. When it comes down to like individual players, it's stats over rings, right? Uh, because you gotta have in order to win a ring. You gotta have great front office. You gotta have you gotta have really solid players, and you gotta have health. health. As the Heat see right now, right? The Heat, the Heat, they're not healthy. They're not fully healthy. They got a great front you office. You need a superstar. You need a, you need superstars. Um, no, we only need one. Nah, you, you you need one or two. You need you need you need about two of them. With and, the team that we have right now, we only need one, bro. And, and but that's another the thing. Score. You need, you, and you need and you need guys to be hitting too, right? Like if dudes go on a cold streak, it's you know that's it, that's it. So I uh I can't I can't go with uh like all right like Kobe had hey. a competent front office for a good bit of his time, bro. Like his last couple years, a savvy general. Hot take. Would have got. I got a hot take for you when you're done. 
Go ahead. Tyler Hero will be better than Devin Booker. All right, man. Hey, look, it was good talking to you Wow. Yeah, hey, yo, it was real good talking to you guys tonight, man. What y'all got planned tomorrow? But, Christian, come on, man. Come on, Tyler man. going to be better than Devin Booker. Christian, come on, man. Hey. Y'all don't see it? No, bro. And neither do you, bro. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> bro, if Devin Booker was I, in the finals right now, he'd be working us right now, dog. Yeah, right Booker. now. Right now. Yeah, right now. I'm not saying he's better than him right now. I'm saying he's going to be. Bro, I can't, bro. They don't even have the same measurables, bro. How tall is Tyler Hero? What, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, Devin yeah. Booker is 6'6". Hey, I peep what he's play better defense Tyler than Hill. him right now. That's because he has to. He he played for the Heat. Bro, can't, he played Devin for the Booker Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker played Suns. for the Suns. His whole, his whole, when, when Devin Booker, when he when he forces this train, first of all, when Devin Booker signs with Clutch, because this is a secret society and all we ask for is trust. <laughs> when, when Devin Booker signs with Clutch and forces his way to the Lakers, it's a wrap. He played defense. <laughs> no way he goes to the Lakers, bro. bro no listen, way. Listen, hey, listen. You know what's really going to hurt? It's going to really going to hurt Marcus when Jason Tatum signs with Clutch and he don't sign that extension this summer. Boy, I'm, uh, hey, look, listen. I'm telling you, I'm going <laughs> to be so toxic. He's going to have to block me. If Jason Tatum, as soon as we get that, well, when Trey Young got when Trey Young signed with Clutch this summer, do you know when he signed with Clutch? Do you know the tweet, the text messages I sent Marcus? <laughs> I I sent the text that Trey Young was better than Steph Curry, cause I I am a Laker fan first and then a Clutch fan second. Right? <laughs> 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 I like what Clutch is doing, <laughs> and I'm I'm for the agenda. All right, so listen, I'm just throwing it out there, letting y'all know when Jason Tatum signs with uh when Jason Tatum signs with Clutch and refuses to sign the uh the extension. Talk to me, Marcus. You Man, think he'll be busting? Hey, bro, he uh at the end of the day, bro, he gotta go, he gotta go get his money. Also, like, do you really wanna be in Boston? Like, do you really wanna be that guy in Boston? Like I mean, if they give him his money, and I'm all about players making They're their money. They're gonna give him his money. He's gonna get. A, he's gonna get the most money you can get. Uh, I feel like <laughs> there's more money to be made elsewhere. All right, I feel like outside of basketball. I don't know if he's going to make money outside of basketball where he's at in, in Boston. Especially being a Jordan Brand athlete too. He would. He would Jordan Brand. So, I like. Is his shoe really gonna sell like that in, in Boston? Because, you know, Gordon Hayward's shoe would sell really well in Boston. Stop. I hear what you're saying now. I hear Brad, what you're saying now. Brad Stevens' shoe would sell really well in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Jason Tatum's shoe is going to sell well in Boston. So I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, too, bro. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. <laughs> Boston just like, they got a certain flavor that they like. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong wow. with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That's Marcus team too, bro. So like, don't let me, don't yeah, don't let me, don't let me, uh, don't let me hurt. On, let me hate on the uh, on the, the on the Celtics. They've only won. Right. They've only won four titles since women have been allowed to vote. <laughs> All right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Women got voting rights in 1919, son. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they only won four since women have been allowed to vote. They've only won one since uh, since they started taping the games live, since they started playing the games live and not on tape delay. So, <laughs> listen, bro. But, hey, history. <laughs> Hey, bro, I got, I got slander for the Celtics. What's crazy is I couldn't get into my Celtic slander when they lost to y'all because I was like, you know, I should focus on the finals. I don't want to get in my bag and start firing at the Celtics um, because, you know, I like, let me just focus on this. And then I was still, you know, I'm still, I've been slandering the Clippers for three, four weeks straight. Like, the Clipper pack has been lit. So, <laughs> I've been on that for a hot minute. But, I didn't even know that Clippers fans were real, bro. They're not. There's no such thing. They're they're LeBron haters. They're, they were Warrior fans last year. Yeah, <laughs> they were Warrior fans. What do you last think year. is gonna? What do you think they're gonna do with Paul George? Uh, Man, he has to go, bro. They gotta cut. They gotta get rid of bro. They gotta get. They gotta get rid of bro. It's not over yet, bro. Yeah, that's Yeah, they got three. They got three. Uh, I think they got to get rid of bro, or they got they got a clean house. They also got to get rid of any clutch operatives that they have, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. that Ocean Eleven job that uh, Montrez Harold did. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Montrez, bro. Letting it all be known, bro. <laughs> Yo, shout out, shout out to shout out to my man's bro. But now nah, got we in the final like three four minutes of this game, so we about to we about to pop on this, Christian. It's a pleasure to uh to not only like wager with you on this series, but also that uh yeah, it's a pleasure to take your money. <laughs> <laughs> gotta put it out there, bro. I got faith in my team, dog. They don't got faith in me though. We believe, baby. <laughs> hey, we believe Lakers gotta pull it out here. Hey, last time, last time, last time we were uh considered an underdog, we went down 2-0 and we won four straight. So uh Okay, okay, all right. So we'll talk Sunday then. <laughs> we'll we'll talk Sunday. All right, better. Hey, hey fellas, it's been a pleasure, man. Hey, also, hey, thank y'all for listening to Friday with the fellas. Uh we got uh more stuff coming to you. Make sure you check out our YouTube page. We'll link all that below. Mm-hmm.